Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, She-Hulk. We are on episode seven. We're winding down the stretch, guys. uh, Things are heating up. Things are getting busy. And let's introduce the panel. First, the super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you? Uh, All I can say is I'm hurting for a yurtin'. (laughs) That's tremendous. More on that later. And welcoming back our pal, our buddy, who's been on with us the last couple of weeks and continuing this ride of She-Hulk, Mariano Bivens. You know him, you love him. Mari, what's up, bro? What's good, man? Happy to be back. You know what I'm saying? Been having fun. Definitely been having fun. So, you know, we ready. Yes, yes. Another another wonderful week. And we have an additional guest, returning friend of the show, Murphy's Multiverse, Dalbino Sorio is back. Dalbine, how are you? I'm good, man. Charles has relegated me to football coverage. So I'm glad that I get to talk some nerd shit tonight. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the way to do it. And Dalbine, we'll lead off with you. As customary as always, when we get somebody on who has not been on during this run, we ask them, hey, what have you thought of this show so far? So six episodes before this seventh one that aired. What you thinking about She-Hulk, man? I have enjoyed it. um, And I I know that that may sound like I'm saying it with some trepidation. I promise that's not it at all. Um, I've Mm -hmm. enjoyed it because I think it's a show that knows what it is. And I like shows that know what they are. I like shows that don't try to pretend to be something they're not. Um, I think Tatiana's a star. um, Loved her. Um, And I think that she brings a certain, like, I, I think they, it's almost like they anticipated everything that they would hear about the show, all the criticism, which I like, right? As you guys know, if you follow yeah. me on Twitter, I, I don't stomach tr- Twitter trolls. And this show is made for the people who don't stomach Twitter trolls. <laughs> um, so that's good. Um, I think that it's they try to sell it as this like self-contained, independent, not really a huge impact on the MCU. But we're kind of seeing that it has a pretty big impact on the MCU. And I like being surprised, man. I didn't think Marvel 20-something years in could still surprise me, but I like being surprised. Um, And I think every supporting character has done well. I love seeing more Wong. We get to see what he does, you know. Um, Madison, the why, we don't know where it is. Fan favorite. Um, She can hit my DMs at any time. (laughs) So it's been great, man. I very much have enjoyed it, and I think it is—I think it is definitely one of Marvel's better shows. Yeah, I'd say so as well. I think as we get into episode seven, and we'll get into some general thoughts about it. I think the one thing that stands out to me here, specifically about what's happening now, is what I think people have not realized about the show. If you haven't been paying attention, and it seems like there's a lot of people who haven't been paying attention is that throughout this run, this in, this entire series so far, they have been telling the story of Jen. They've been allowing us to see this character grow. We've been not only introduced to her, we've seen some of her vulnerabilities, we've seen some of her strengths as well. And I think this episode is kind of the culmination of those lessons. And now we get to the point where the plot that everybody talks about, well, there's no plot. There's all of this is filler and all that other stuff. Now the plot comes into focus and you have a developed character. What do you know? So Jake, Mm -hmm. I'll start with you. Give me some general thoughts about how you felt about this episode as we continue. 
I really liked it because as you were talking about, it, it is about the character. And I think that a lot of people, people who, the way I was trying to think about it today, and I almost tweeted something about this, but I didn't want to have it in the unnuanced space that is Twitter. But I think that a lot of these people who don't get these things are, they mistakenly think that they like movies and TV. And what they like is just like knowing about stuff or being satisfied. Like they don't actually like movies and TV. Because the thing that I real is that yeah. you, I, I understand the way you put it the way you did, but a character going through development is plot. Like it's not, it is not necessarily, yeah. you know, the same thing as external things. And I'm not saying that you are making the same mistake, but like the whole thing of like, what's going on in the show. It's like, you are, tr- she is going on a very clear journey through this. And I think that mm-hmm. this was like, you know, this could have been the, like not could have been the last episode, but this uh, catharsis could have happened in the last episode. But I like that we were really building to it. We really, there was all the bits where, we saw all the things that built her to get to this place. And I'm glad that she was able to have that moment. And it doesn't mean that she's, you know, cured of the dichotomy between Jen and She-Hulk and how she feels about it. But she clearly, the fact that she can admit it, because I think that so much of her experience thus far has basically been being told literally or metaphorically by the rest of the world, like, you are so lucky. That you get to do this. You are so lucky that you get to be She-Hulk. That is great. I'm so envious of you. You should not, there's nothing to complain about whatsoever. And she's like, no, like it really sucks to not feel, know if people like you. And I, I, I think that that's a very sophisticated thing. I mean, it's not super sophisticated, but I, I think it's a very nice thing to have in a show in Marvel because I think that it's a thing that a lot, like, although we are not She-Hulk, I think a lot of us that have relationships, you know, in all different parts of our lives where there's something that we're providing someone that is not our personality that we ask ourselves, do they like us or do they like what we're giving them? And I like that she was able to have that moment. I, I, you know, the episode was the pacing, this, that, or the other, you know, not perfect, but what it was trying to accomplish, I really, really liked. And to Jake's point, I think we've all then been She-Hulk. Jake, we all have a little She-Hulk in us because we've all been that person to somebody else. I think the I think the idea of self-worth and that journey that Jen has been on kind of culminates to a degree here. And like, ironically, all of the dates that she went through, uh, we could talk about episode four and everything that mm-hmm. happened there. And and the case with Titania that led to one of the dates talking about like, oh, hey, I just was interested in She-Hulk. Like that's been kind of like the foreboding thing around Jen's character throughout and now that we now that we're here it allows us to kind of get a full view of who Jen is and I think that's the kind of the point of what these shows are supposed to do they're supposed to put over these characters to us and make them feel meaningful going forward as I'm sure the way that they've developed Jen in this show so far makes me think that hey she's going to be so, she's going to be a major player in this so I really like this continuing on. But Mari, tell me your your general thoughts on episode seven before we get into any specifics. What did you think of the episode overall? Um, well, if you guys are following at home, as long as I've been doing this pod, talking She-Hawk, I keep telling y'all they're focusing on something very specific and you saw it in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah. Showing yep. her feet every time. I told you. Just pay attention. I There's going to be a up. scene. There's going to be a scene every time where they focus in on it and they're going to keep going back to it. They did it again. They did it again. But um, to you guys' point, like you said, like there's a little bit of the Jay-Z lucky me shit going on where it's like, you, yeah, like, of course, this is, of course, she's everything. I know that. 
But that's the problem. It's like, I, I wanted to be this shit for so long. Like, I have it now. Now I can just turn into this person. You know what I'm saying? But it's, I'm still me though. So I, st- I still like they sticking with the, the the theme of like, you know, just Jen, right? Like the last episode, this one, they still carrying it over. And the bar is just in hell with her. We've been seeing this the whole um, the whole series so far is like friendship wise where she had the drinks and she was like, oh, we just became friends. And then, you know, going to date, you say two nice things to her and it's going down. Like she's going through it. She's really going through it. I thought this episode was great. I thought this episode was absolutely great. It's very interesting stuff. So we basically, this plot revolves around Jen and Josh starting off with now they're going out on dates. They're seeing each other. Seems like everything is going well, and it's funny enough as Jake mentioned last week. There, he he had a little bit of a suspicion, a little inkling that something might be off with Mister Josh. So, you know, so I I like the way that they kind of built up to it, where they have the the handshake into the hug thing, and then they you know they continue to spend time together, and things are going well, and then finally by date number three, things go down, things things happen, so. Then we have the scenario, which happens to a lot of women, happens to a lot of guys, where all of a sudden something happens and then they gone. We don't hear from them. We don't know what's happening. Just a total, complete disappearing act from Mr. Josh after the deed was done. I'll ask the panel, like, has there been any situation where, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, well, like somebody slept together with somebody or whatever, but just in general in dating, have you ever experienced the ghosting thing or, or have you done the ghosting yourself? Like, I mean, it's a fair question to ask. Um, Dalbin, you got a, you got a, you got an interesting look on your face. I want to hear your answer on this. <laughs> uh, you know, well, so it's, it's interesting because, you know, Biv does the, the music podcast now, right? Mari, you just launched your, your, your music podcast. And uh, yes, there's, a Drake, there's a Drake line that says, you know, uh, she's in the other room. I'm going through her purse. I don't know these girls at all, right? And so that's what I thought of when I was yeah. watching, well, I was watching this, except we don't know Josh at all. Um, it kind of <laughs> reminds me, you guys remember in the Punisher series where, um, where the homeboy Prince Caspian does the same thing to the to the FBI agent, right? That's looking for for Frank Castle. He does the same thing to her. So, like, what a PSA to the fellas: if you can't if you can't recognize yeah. the Josh in your crew, you are probably the Josh in your crew. Like that that you should probably make your peace with that. I think. Um, but so I mean, I've been ghosted, man. I don't do I, I don't ghost folks like just because I, I think that's bad karma you putting out into the universe. You know, what I'm saying? and I think that as mm-hmm. adults, people deserve like yo, you know, I'm, I'm just not really messing with you like that. But I think what what makes it even worse, man, is like you know, and and you guys kind of touched on this is that. She's been wrestling with this, like, yo, people only like me when I'm She-Hulk. People only like me when I'm She-Hulk. And she meets this dude who's as corny as her and, you know, electric slide and all that stuff. They're, they're good. And she's like, man, he likes me for me. But what he was really after was her blood as She-Hulk. And that that's going to do a number on her, man. So not even just, not just the ghosting, but I think because I think she's going to find out that, like, yo, they were after your blood. And that's going to do so much more for her you know what i mean and to jake's point because jake said you know we're giving these characters a chance to breathe like right before we came on they announced that armor wars is now going to be a movie i think marvel realized we don't need to let don Cheadle breathe like we, we know enough that we know all we need to know about him whereas like these characters 
dirt jujitsu, you got to give them that character work in order to let us feel something when something happens in Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Ghost in the Trash, man. Jo- Josh belongs in the gulag. Yeah, Ghost in the definitely trash. Um, I, I, it is. It it so when I was a teenager, it happened. I did it like accident. I didn't even know that that's what it was. It was just it was this girl that I was talking to at the time, and I felt like she was. I now know that it was like love bombing. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like it was overwhelming, and I was just kind of like I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to say because how is this gonna sound with me saying like, hey. You're you're doing like all of these great things, but like you're doing too much. I didn't know how to say. It. I was probably 17, yeah. 18, mm-hmm. maybe. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm like, I, I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. with it. So I just kind of casually, slowly but surely, just kind of was like, Yeah, I think I'm a, you know, as an adult, nah. It was always we we're gonna have to have a conversation whether it's uncomfortable or not. And most times it is because you know, how do you tell somebody who you have some energy with, like, hey, this isn't really working out? That ghosting shit is really whack though. I thought it was so real. On on Tatiana's part, like just the way that she sells this shit, just all the time, I love it. But the fact that she's like refreshing it and just going up, like like, like nah, something must be up. There's no way that mm-hmm. he's not hitting me back. Like something got to be up with this. Every time she put it down, she working out, she looking at it. That shit is wild. Like I've, I've dated women who weren't the best, you know, communicators, right? So you sitting there double texting and triple texting, and you like, nah, my phone got to be. Maybe I'm in a bad area for reception. I don't know. Let me see. So that shit yeah. was real right there. You know what I mean? For real. <laughs> nah, nah, absolutely. Uh, Jake, how about you? Do you have any stories? No, I personally don't, but that's not surprising if you know me. Uh, but I, the thing I liked about the sequence is that like they played it for comedy, her freaking out about it, but it wasn't like crazy girlfriend, you know, it was like, he she was feeling that way because she like she wasn't she's not like obsessed with josh in particular it's not like oh my god i need josh you know it's like i had this experience that made me feel really good about myself because of all the things we outlined and now she's afraid that it wasn't real and spoiler alert it wasn't so i I, that's why i liked it it wasn't like josh himself is actually kind of a non-factor for her it's not about josh you know it's about the person who she it's about whether or not Jen was affirmed, you know? And so if Josh is not actually into her, then that means that her fantasy that she can be loved for being Jen is not real. And so I like that. Once again, I like that it was not really about Josh. She, she, there's not, she wasn't obsessing like, oh my God, I love Josh. It was not that. Yeah, I really, uh, man, I'm trying to think because I could definitely go back to 16, 17, 18, where something like that happened where you feel like, oh, things are going well. They're going all right. And then, oh, oh, okay, nothing. Gone. That's it. That's it. Pass you by. Don't even, don't even look your way. It's like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it'd be like that, though. It, 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 it really, it really be like. What part of the wash? It, it really be like that, though. So, agenda is that, AC? What part of the washed agenda is that? Because that, that doesn't sound Listen, like this is, no, no, I, it, it's not it's pre it's it's like yeah it's b uh what is it uh bw before washed um yeah i think um yeah you know what's it's, crazy? Defi- I, it's definitely that I, it has to be before washed because that's when you're still in the game and that's why it's such a, a blow because you're like now nah, i'm shaking and moving like this what's going on right here this ain't I'm not used to that right there you know what i mean mm-hmm. no 
Absolutely. Yeah, and now, yeah, like in the Wash Agenda years, the reason AC doesn't respond is because like he got up to do something and forgot his phone, and then just didn't think about it for a few hours. It's like, oh, I was, I was, I was uh, you know, I was uh, working in the garage. Sorry about that. And and absolutely, like when somebody might be trying to hit me, and like I tell you that I oh shoot, I fell asleep. Yeah, I, I really did fall asleep. I'm not lying. I don't not at all. In uh-huh. Even if it's six p.m., so that's a, that's the story <laughs> on that. But uh, we'll get back to to Josh and what he did a little bit later. The other main plot line of this episode is the return of Emil Blonsky. Tim Roth is back as we visit his ranch and his. Uh, it seems like group therapy, a nice little retreat as Jen has to check on jen has to check with the parole officer because emil's inhibitor was was uh on the fritz now i want to bring this directly to something that jake was talking about on the discord today because i think it's an interesting point and it's an interesting topic so emil blonsky so far in this series seems to be a reformed criminal a reformed villain maybe he's going on the straight and narrow Maybe he's finding the path to peace. But I got to tell you, I always say when it comes to villains, villains be lying, man. And Jake expressed that he felt like if they go reverse course on this, it would kind of suck. Now, I'm going to let Jake respond in a second, but I will say to that, the way that they kind of laid out some of the certain things on this ranch, one, the inhibitor going on the fritz you don't think he tried to maybe transform at any point while it was on the fritz number one number two there's no wi-fi up there so you can't really contact anybody especially if you're if, especially if you're trying to do some nefarious activity and things of that nature so there's a couple of things that would lead you to believe and i like how they just sprinkled those two very convenient things in there to make you think and make you wonder about it. But Jake, I want you to expound on your, on your Emil Blonsky point, yeah. and then I'll throw it to, to Mari and uh, Dalby. So I'm not necessarily opposed to him ever being bad again, but I think that if he has been just out and out lying this entire time, just to get out of prison, that is one of those things where, because while you, you're right with the things that like in this episode were suggested, like maybe there's something, but like those aren't things, those aren't specific actions we see him take on screen. And so as far as we have seen, nothing he has done would suggest that he has an ulterior motive. That doesn't mean he doesn't, but I think if you just, if you have a character say, so, everything they say and do 100% suggests one motivation, and then you're like, ha they were lying the whole time. Like, that I just don't think is good storytelling. The, if the only reason he, it turns out he's lying is because he's a villain, it's like, yeah, I get these are comic books, but like, come on. Like, I, I, I think that we're past the point of like, I don't believe that he's, that people are evil to their core, and they're just lying because they have pointy mustaches, you know? Um, that just was the, one of the dumbest points I've ever made. But, so I think that he can be like, coaxed back into being <laughs> evil maybe but i think that everything he has done and gone through happened and i really really hate when they just undo it for the sake of he's a villain again because i think that that actually is like in my opinion if it turns out like he was lying the whole time just to like it because he was in league with someone or else 
I think that that is the least interesting way the story could go. Honestly, I just don't think, I think that, because that is what you're thinking the whole time. Because Jen is thinking that at the beginning. The parole board's thinking at the beginning. So if we have a story where it starts out where every other person in Blonsky thinks that he's lying and just wants to get out of prison, and then we go through a whole journey, and then it ends, and it's like, nope, they're right from the beginning. Like, that just feels really deflating. And I get that we want our villains, we don't want it, but, but I think that they're, if they're going to do it, I want it to be interesting. I want it to be motivated by the things that the character has actually gone through. I don't want all of it to be negated because like what the fuck are we doing spending time with characters from 14 years ago if they haven't grown at all like he's been in prison for 10 plus years like it actually is not that strange that he might have grown a little bit yeah that's uh very like compelling that. very compelling Amari, uh, hit me with your thoughts on what jake just said yeah no I, I think that jake is absolutely right because i think at this point it'll, it would be cheap to just be like you know haha twirling a mustache and shit like fooled you all and shit and it's like yo come on like like you said it's, it's <laughs> It's old at this point, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would, I would much rather them let Tim Roth explore more of the path he's going down right now with this character because that shit is great. Like, everything in this up, like that, that shit was amazing. It was like, I want to hear more. Sign me up. I'll pull up to the retreat and all that. Like, I'll, I'll go there. They sold that shit to me right there, so <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with it. I definitely wouldn't. It, 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 they would have to do something really crazy if they if they just turned him. Maybe if he does the shit against his will, if they've been, you know, what I mean, somebody's controlling. They made him do. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little, maybe. But just to have him just go back. That and just is say, kind Ha-ha. of the angle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I feel you on that one. That's kind of the angle that I'm thinking about here because I can definitely see, and I, and like I said, Jake's point is very compelling because I think that. The idea that reforming criminals is kind of the point of the superhero business. It's not it's not really to kill these guys unless you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to. You want to make them reform citizens. And that really should be the point of when you talk about good storytelling. That's something that you should strive towards. And so far to this point, it seems like the path that they're going. But Dalbeen. What what do you think about Blonsky and Jake's point juxtaposed to the idea that maybe, perhaps, he could turn or and maybe it's a certain leader person that might be behind the whole thing? A leader person or a, or a, or a countess, perhaps, right? Or something like that. Um, you know. Yeah, you I, never know. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I think I think to to both points made, I think if you were to make him just downright evil right now, I I don't think that that's earned. And I think that when you when you've gotten to this point, this deep into this storytelling with Marvel, like even some of even like their worst bad guys kind of had reasons. Like Malekith had reasons, right? Like you know they killed his people. You know he had he had, he had reasons, right? Um, and so I think. I think one I think what could be the catalyst though for for him is like say you know he turns to try to save Jen right like say Jen is under attack and Jen doesn't appreciate that he did that because it's just another man in her life trying to save her life or control her or something like that see that feels more interesting 
because like he, he even yeah. he feels rejected, like say, and not saying like in a in a romantic way, but in a platonic way. Him and Jen are cool. He thinks he's doing it to help her. She shuns him. Right. Like that, I could I could see because then, or I mean, you don't yeah. even need Jen to or do somebody, that. Some, if, right. What if he? Because tr- what if he turns and that breaks his parole, and now he's right. on the run, and, and he's doing I mean? it for like, a legit like, reason. Like he was trying to. He was trying to. Right. Yeah, he was trying yeah to, I, I would like that. I would appreciate yeah, that. That that's Absolutely way more earned that. than like him just being like. All right, guys, you got me. Everybody, you know, or like, what if, like, you know, yeah. we know, we know, good old Hornhead is showing up next week, right? Like, we know he's coming, right? What if Daredevil goes after him and he's like, "Yo, I don't really want to fight, man," and he turns because he yeah. has to defend himself. Like, I, that, you know, we know yeah. Charlie's a hothead sometimes, man. You know, but it, it's uh, got to be earned. It can't be. It can't right. be cheap. It can't be cheap. <laughs> and the thing too is, they bring up when they first introduce him that unlike a lot of villains, his or villain origin story was pretty situational, like. Other than the fact that he was assigned to kill the Hulk and the Hulk like broke all of the bones in his body and he wanted revenge at that moment. Like other than him hating the Hulk, what is his evil motivation? Like, you know what I mean? Like what he does he never didn't want world domination. He was just mm-hmm. a mercenary who was trying to kill a guy. Like it's not so I think that like yeah, the so idea, it was just a job, like yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> so the idea that he right. would have any motivation to do. I wasn't I think he will end up being some sort of adversary in some way, shape, or form, but like I think once again, I think the specific idea of whether he's been lying this whole time. I almost always think that character if that the more interesting choice always is to have characters tell the truth more often than not. Because I think that lying is we expect people to lie. This whole show, like, I think that that's mm-hmm. the thing that's easy to forget. Like, you introduce a guy who is only known as a villain. The audience is always thinking that he's lying. So, like, I, I, I just, hope, right. and I, don't, I actually just, I don't think they're going to make it that he's lying. Mostly just because I don't, the vibe of the show, the ethos of the show, like, the, it feels, the show has a very em- empathetic view towards all of its characters. And that would just feel so out of tone. Yeah, he's basically like Brother Muzon, really. Like, he got hired to do something. That's it. <laughs> just That's a good <laughs> shot. That is absolutely a good shot there. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with what they've done with Blonsky to this point. I think uh rehabilitating him is kind of kind of a smart thing, especially in the ethos of what this show is. And I think Tim Roth has done amazing work with that because I think about his incredible Hulk appearance, it's just a it's a completely different person. And I think this is kind of the point when you want to talk about rehabilitation and getting to that level, then cool, that's great. But I do want to talk about Emil's buddies that we meet on this retreat because it's a colorful bunch. Gotta say, we got Man Bull, we got uh, El Aguilar, we got that dude with the, <laughs> the Matador, <laughs> we got Porcupine, we got the dude who attacked Jen in episode three, part of the the uh, the Diet Wrecking Crew. And um, we got the we got the vampire dude. What's his name? Like Sansor or something like that. Saracen. Yeah. So we got this group of characters. Mm-hmm. Saracen. There you go. So we so we yeah. got this group. Just okay. I'm gonna throw it to you guys, Mari. I'll start with you. Tell me how how much because I know you enjoyed it. Uh, tell me how much you enjoyed meeting all of these kind of very obscure. Marvel villains from the comics in the way that they were introduced here. I, I thought it was funny um, when 
they started talking the Matador shit, right? And then he and then he ended up saying like, "Yeah, I used to do a little bit of this back in the, you know what I mean?" They had that little back and forth and shit. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I thought that the porcupine, <laughs> the codependency like, thing, switch yeah, the yeah, chairs, like, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And then um, he takes the he takes the mask off, and everybody's like, "Yo, bro, just until we can do something about that, just chill. Like, don't don't remove nothing else. Keep that over there. Just relax." Um. My man, which uh, vampire? I just I forgot his name that quick. Just Saracen. 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 Yeah, him. His whole demeanor in that shit was hilarious. Like the whole entire time, with with him not even really doing a lot. I thought that was a very interesting group of people, and I thought that Jen was like it, it looked like she was right at home amongst them. Like she was right at home chilling. Like I'm good here. Fuck it. You know, What's- leave me here for a minute. <laughs> Once they once they got her um got her to get off of her phone, um <laughs> that was a very very lively conversation. Dalbine, they uh, absolutely like what you call it. Delete his delete his number. Delete it. Oh, all that delete all that, that all yeah. that jazz. Dalbine, tell me what. <laughs> Dalbine, tell me what you thought of these this this wacky crew that shows up here you know so remember i said earlier if you don't know who the josh in your crew is you're probably the josh listen we all can stand to be like man bull and porcupine <laughs> okay i got a shirt man that's i wore this to new orleans that says <laughs> don't text him back all right now granted i use it as a conversation starter with the ladies but it's really like to just you know let people know like you ain't got to text him back I text him back. I thought it was great, man. I thought I thought it was I I one. So let me tell you. So like, and you know, you know, AC. I do these rabbit holes. I'm not gonna do it today. But when I saw that, when I saw who the vampire was, I said, oh, "Okay, okay, you, you trying to hand that blade here?" And then you know, blade goes to shit. So now you know. Now I can't think that anymore. <laughs> I can't think that anymore. But I thought it was great. I we'll get to that later. But yes, and, continue. And I think I think you know I think <laughs> I I think your point, Mari, about just how um how at home she felt with them like that's different than banner right like banner's been trying to run from the freaks she's like nah man this is where i'm good and Mm -hmm. i I thought i thought that was done really really well because i like the fact that she was able to come to that on her own terms whereas like i feel like with bruce bruce kept he kept being pulled back into this world he wanted some peace he wanted some peace he kept being pulled back into this world with her Mm -hmm. she's like nah man these are my people Right. I'm here on this really nice island, you know, this really nice retreat place. Uh, Blonsky's got mimosas. You know, we're going to we're going to listen to some music. It's going to be great. And I, I thought that I thought it worked really well. And I and I what I what I, I last thing I'll say, I do like that. These are obscure Marvel characters, right? Like these are deep comic cuts, man. I love them being introduced in this Very. medium. I love them being introduced in this yeah. medium. And Saracen got hunted by the Punisher. Frank Castle, baby. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and I think the thing that I like about them well, using oh sorry I think you're a little lagged AC because I'm starting my points and you're saying Jake what are you doing? Uh, but the um, the thing I like a lot about them using obscure Marvel characters is that like uh, is that the these characters these could in theory all just be like the Wrecking Crew guy and like just minor goons like they actually don't have to be superheroes necessarily I mean they or they could like these characters are probably not going to come back in a super meaningful way anytime soon, you know? But I like that it feels like they have 100 years, not really, but like 90 years of comic history, and they're using it. It's like, why not? If we need some characters to fill out a scene, let's just get ones that will never be anything else again. And they already have their own 
humor. They have their own lore. They can pick and choose. I know. I assume that these characters are way different than they're portrayed on the page. And as always, I don't really care. Um, I loved, loved, loved the joke about uh, when he says he's a swashbuckler, and it's like you say that like it's a career, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, I, I. I I, I liked it because also there's no judgment that I think there's a certain way. <laughs> and this is actually why group therapy is a valuable thing in the real world that like Jen could never, ever listen to people that she knows and loves as openly as these people. Because even though Nikki is trying to give, give her the best advice, there's baggage there. She's questions Nikki's this, that or the other. These are strangers. Strangers can you always will be willing to take in information from strangers more objectively because you don't make assumptions about what they're trying to do so i like that a lot um and yeah it was just it was nice also to see how blonsky has helped these people like that's another reason why i believe that blonsky is not lying because like it'd be one thing if he acted like he was reformed he reformed these people they're all they're good yeah the more i think about it now i think they're gonna yeah. do some bullshit with him. no that's it like, a- not and, and and i don't mean um I want to be clear. I don't mean that they're gonna do some bullshit with his character and make him you know go for the cheap shit i think they're gonna like absolutely break our hearts with what they do to him or yeah. something. Because like yep. he's because we love him now. We started off feeling like, yeah, I don't know about this shit. You know, they let him out. And then he's actually doing he's standing on, you know, on his business and he's he's doing great work. It's like this there has to be something gotta be coming soon. It has to be, bro. We don't get to have it like this. No, you know? it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's intriguing. It's very it's very intriguing the Blonsky character. I also like. I just love the 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 Man Bull El Aguilar interactions are just like off the charts. The chemistry between those two is so much fun. the The whole codependency angle. They're fighting at the beginning and mess up Jen's Prius, and then we get to, get to them talking, and then you can see everybody else around them notices that they have this special like bond, even though it's a little just wacky. I just thought that was so much fun. And, you know, shout out to Porcupine. You know, listen, we've, we've all had a, when, when we were younger, we've all had a little bit of an awkward, sometimes we, we get a little awkward and Porcupine is like the perfect, like awkward, geeky guy. So I, I, I loved his, I loved his character. I love the, the, the interactions between like all of them, especially when Jen finally sits down and gets to talk about her feelings and everything that's going on there. It's a lot of fun. And then just, the dude that attacks her, like, eventually is the dude who tells her, like, yeah, this is what you should do, which is so funny on his face because they just were they were fighting each other not too long ago. So to see that was a was a lot of fun. But um, so basically now where we are here is we have two episodes left. And Wait, can I just can I have just, the- can I, I need to I need to because we I, we talked about the scene generally, but I think. That while obviously the CGI yes. in the show has been shit on a lot, I think the CGI in the therapy scenes is really good. And I think that Tatiana Maslany in that scene does some of the best breaking through the technology acting I've seen. Because so much, what's so hard about CGI is that there are so many, many different wrinkles and expressions our faces make that are almost impossible to render, to all, to pick up via camera, right? So you kind of have to over-emote a little bit. It's why Tom Hanks looks like he is dead in the Polar Express because the technology just wasn't there. And so clearly she's, 
unless the technology, like obviously she doesn't have to act overact as much as you, she needed to in 2005 necessarily, but clearly she has to do some more with her face in order to get the expressions across. And I think that it's so rare you see someone in full, a full CGI actor be able to div- give something that is emotionally deep that is not like over the top. Like I was watching this in my break room at work and I was like some feeling some heat behind my eyes. I'm like this. I started this job this week. I can't be doing this here, man. I can't be. And I, of course, I'm a schmaltzy cornball. This has been established by the podcast. But <laughs> I think that she underplays it in a lot of ways that are risky given the fact that she doesn't know how it's going to be rendered, you know? Like, I, I think that it was a really well-executed scene given the fact that in the moment she has no way of knowing how much of her emotion is really getting picked up. And I, I think that that's why you cast someone who is willing to go for shit like that, you know what I mean? And I think that it's completely honest and, like, I just... It, it, it's... It would be a great scene in any TV show. Anything. And I thought the metaphor about the popular girl was so great. I, I just feel like the show is for any faults people have with it. And I think that I'm on the very high side of liking the show, to be frank. But like, I, the thing that I, the, the criticism of it that I see from dude bros on the internet that I find most infuriating is like implications that it's like propaganda or like just an agenda or whatever. Not a washed one, but an agenda. Because it's like, this show feels incredibly right. honest <laughs> in every single moment. Like, this is like a real fucking experience with this character. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that there was just, it was some of the best on And it wasn't Oscar clip honesty. It wasn't like, this is my point. It was like real shit. Right. Yeah. It feels honest, but not in a... um all-american kind of way. And I like All-American, yeah. but I'm just saying... Good, like, good. It's, That's good. It doesn't come, it doesn't mm. come off as like we have to drive this point home. It's like, nah, what would a real person say at this time? What would somebody in real life feel? And if they were to express it, what would that sound like? And they always hit that mark. Like it, it never comes off like some, like, like some corny shit. You, you know, know what I mean? it feels like to me? Um, because that's a really good, yeah. that's a really good point. Mark. It, like the all American feels like that. Abbott elementary is probably one of my, just one of the better mm, written yeah. shows that I've seen in the, yeah. in, in the last yes. few years. It reminds me of that, man. Like it's just, it finds Absolutely. a way to, yeah, to the camera a little if, and it yeah. finds a way to be yeah. comedic, but also yeah. hit home. And, and I, I, I think it works really well that, cause once you said all American, I was like, man, that is true. All American kind of feels like it's telling me what I need to feel. She Hulk lets me feel what I need yeah. to feel. <laughs> Yeah, if you were on Twitter that week or just on social media, you kind of know what all Americans are going to put in the episode. You know what words they're going to use. You know how they're going to use me. Like, oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think to to all your guys' points, Um, yeah, I think Tatiana has just been, I wouldn't even call it a revelation because I think people kind of already knew that she had the chops for it. But in this instance, on a grand stage like marvel she gets to really show it and i think the point that jake you made about the cgi is a really good one because yeah it actually did look very good it did it looked good like in comparison to some of the other stuff that we've seen in the other episodes it really came through like very strong this time i would agree with that point but enable to and this is where we kind of like round our way back to the whole character development point of this i think the ability for her to be honest about how she's feeling and being able to talk about those things allows her to continue to grow and get to that place where she's imp- we we know that she's important and we like her that much more 
for being that vulnerable and not being so stoic because it's easy for like a Hulk like character to be like that, like Bruce. And we're seeing the opposite in Jen, which not only provides a wonderful contrast between the two of them, but also like shows Jen in this light where we really enjoy who she is as a person. So yeah, I think this was a great episode for her. And I think overall in this series for her specifically, just the way that she, that we've always had the cut-ins with the fourth wall and her saying, this is my show. It absolutely is her show. And I think it's, and I think they've done a great job of just continuing to hammer that point home without hammering that point home. So very excited to see how these last two episodes go, but want to get back to Josh because what Josh does when we find out the three days prior, he does some really dirty stuff. Like, not only, obviously, it seems like he takes her blood, but he's a part of the whole intelligentsia thing. So he does the very voyeuristic, I'm going to take a photo of you uh, while you're sleeping and probably going to post that joint. And that part actually was a little darker than I expected it to be. And the kind of the way that he got the look on his face too. this supposedly nice guy and we've had a lot of quote unquote nice guys in this show that turn out to be total total jerks. It was a it was a very I wouldn't even I wouldn't even call it startling, but it was just like this is this is what happens to women. It does. It happens a lot. And I I think illustrating that once more shows why Jen has struggled so much as she has. So Jake, I, I wanted you to get wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously. We, we knew that Josh was going to end up being like this, but then to see it in the manner that oh, whoa, whoa, we did, whoa, whoa, what whoa, did you whoa, think? Whoa, whoa. We knew? We knew? I believe it was me who well, called this, that last no, week. No, no. I'm kidding. No, oh, I, sorry, I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding. No, I understand that point. Yes, 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 yes. Um, no, I think no, we'll the, the, choice, <laughs> the choice that this scene makes, and I could be overrating this, and I don't want to come off as like, you know, just uh, always crediting the fact that it's... Uh, female writing staff and directing staff but the choice not to show her blood getting taken but to show her having the photo taken of her is i think a decision that is what happens when you have females in the creative team because clearly and i i don't even think i would have thought about it but the point it's trying to make and i think is the correct one is that while taking her blood is going to be the more consequential thing for the plot the actual transgressive horrible thing he does is taking the photo that is the thing that is that is that is the thing that makes him the cross the line. That is the thing that will hurt Jen the most personally. Yeah, they they want her blood. Like that sucks, but that's not a personal attack on her. That's not uh, an attack on her privacy on her personhood. But like the fact that that decision, I was kind of like confused. Like, what are they not going to show him taking the blood? But I'm like, no, because it's not about that. Like that's the easy part. Like, what are you going to show him pulling a syringe? Like, no. If it was just the syringe, like that's like because I think it's a very important point the show's trying to make. It's like. This isn't a super slick government operation. This is people who, in addition to being Dewan and Blood, are also like shitty people with shitty views because that's the way that shitty things happen in the real world. It's not super smart people in suits all the time. It's people who actually have horrible views, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. 100%. Because, it's, like you said, you, you, you came to do a job, the job is done, and then you decided to show how shitty you are, really, and was like, you know what? I'm already here, so let me just grab this on the way out. Like that was 
like you said, that's that's a real decision right there, just to show you like you don't see this happening with like if the man is a main character, like what taking a picture of him is like it, it might it might boost him. It might boost him up if you you know you put that out there like, oh he's he's out here. But with women, just the, the thought of having a picture in somebody's phone that you didn't send them, that you didn't authorize, is like, you know what I mean? Like that's it. It's it's more the fact that they didn't show him taking the blood, and that's an invasive thing. But this is like worse maybe you know what i'm saying like they didn't send you here to do that bro you chose to do that you made a real decision yeah. like yeah that's great yeah I, I, I love that point right there by jake yeah no nah, great point jake uh dalvin do you have any thoughts on on uh what occurred there because it was a lot yeah for sure. man, it's, it's uh you know i i look forward to to the comments tomorrow where they say that that y'all brought mari and i on the virtue signal because I, I haven't fought some trolls in a while on twitter so i look forward to that but i just i think bro i think that i think there is something <laughs> there's something inherently disgusting and like i mean it just because a good person doesn't have to tell you they're a good person right like like they they, they don't they're just a good person right like they don't have to constantly remind yeah. you like yo i'm a good dude i'm a good dude i'm a good dude i'm a good dude the dudes that constantly tell you they're good dudes, those are the dudes that you're like, yeah, man, I I wouldn't trust you with my cat, let alone you know, let alone you know, females that I know, you know, and yeah, right, right, motor. and and so so I think there's that part. But yeah, shout out to Mr. right, right. So I think there's that part, right? But I think there's also like, you know, there's this there's this influx of fuckboy behavior just just on the internet, generally speaking, of like, yeah, man, you know, well. I'm gonna take this picture of this chick and I'm gonna send it to 20, 20 of my homies, even though, you know, like that, that's, it's all good because it just puts me in a good light. Why does it put you in a good light? Why don't you have dudes that are going to tell you that, that, that is fuckboy behavior? Why, why don't you have anybody around you that's going to tell you like, yo, we don't do that. We don't move like that. Like I've, I've been fortunate, man. I've had the same group of friends since I was 11. Right. And you know, shit happens as you come up as, as, as a young kid, especially a young, a young black and brown kid in new york you know what i'm saying that's, that's, where, that's where i grew up in but i can yeah. honestly say that none of my boys would be i i never heard any crazy stories about any of my boys right because the ones that i did hear crazy stories about are no longer my boys right like like we are no longer friends because there is a line man and like the dudes and the dudes that jen has encountered like david otunga's whack ass so about like yeah you know you're a bitch as much as me or whatever right like it's like all right so you so you just a fitness nut. that's your thing right but the dude, you know, like she, she's put through the ringer in this to end with that cyber exploitation. You know what I'm saying? Like all the, it's just, it, it, it's a lot of fuckboyness, man. And it's just, it, yeah. it, 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 yeah. it gives me the key. It gives me the heebie-jeebies because I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why when Jake says like they don't have to show the whole taking the blood thing, the photo thing was, yeah, that stood out to me. Because I kind of felt creeped out, especially with the the look that Josh had on his face. He had a little creepy smile on his face. So I was like, yo, this dude. And this is what happens in real life where you you don't really know sometimes who you're dealing with. And it happens all the time, more so than we could ever think. So Jen's going to be in a in a tricky spot. Her blood is out there to seemingly probably create some more hulks as... This is what a friend of the show, Hunter, has talked about heavily and seems like this is where we're headed. But, guys, next week, next week, next week on She-Hulk, we will be seeing one Matthew Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. He's back in the red and yellow suit. 
seems like it's going to be building up to be a wonderful episode as we are two episodes away from this show concluding. I'm I'm incredibly excited. Jake, do you have any Daredevil uh, now that we've kind of gotten the teases and all of the talk out of the way now that we're finally going to see him? Give me some thoughts. I just want to see him interact in this world because I think this show has a tone of itself and obviously Daredevil has his own tone. He's not going to act as wacky as some of the characters in this show, but I think I want to see how his guilt ridden, super dour ass fits in with this because he doesn't have to act silly for it to be funny. And that's a great thing about comedy is that I, Charlie Cox can give the exact same performance he gave in Daredevil. And if it's played right, it's funny because it's silly. And so like, that's what I want to see. And like, I don't know, I just really want to enjoy it. I want it, to, I'm glad it's going to happen because, like, for all of the hand-wringing about should they have teased Daredevil this or that, like, it's going to be fun when we see it. And I have full confidence that it's going to be, like, it's going to be Jen's show with Daredevil in it. So who doesn't want that? Yes, yes. And, and Mari, give me, give me your thoughts on Daredevil showing up. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear the bars he's getting off. That's really what it is. Because a lot of a lot of why I love Daredevil is <laughs> his regular just conversations. Shit that he didn't even mean to. He wasn't even trying to go there, but he's just he's just quick and he's good. Like I just want to hear that. I'm here for the quotables. Like it's when that episode comes on, pulling the notepad up. Let me get this. Pause that. Let me see what was going on because I know he's gonna be getting some shit off. So I'm I'm ready. We we talked about this before when we saw the. You know what I'm saying? We saw the horns on the, at the end of the episode. It was like, yeah, oh, we it's saw time. The yeah, it's time. Bring him. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm just ready to hear him. You know what I mean? Get that off. Awesome, awesome. And and Dal Bean, I know you're excited. Give me, give me some uh, thoughts on uh, well, Daredevil. Like Mari, I'm, I also need, I also need a like new Instagram uh, captions, and and I know Murdoch's gonna give them to me. I know Murdoch's gonna let me know. And for those of you who don't know on the pod, so so. You know, super producer went to Tish, right? You know, which for those of you who don't know, is just a school for the performing arts. And Jake, I think about this every time that Marvel brings on a new actor or actress that just crushes it, right? And I, I figure you, as a former student of Tish, would appreciate the acting that's done on this show. But I do. Charlie Cox, do. man, the brother can act. <laughs> so I am ready. I'm, I am ready to. He can. I give a little fun fact, actually. Love it. Well, for, just want to say for the record, I, didn't, I was not in the performing arts portion of Tish, but I do know a ton of actors. One of which is a t- very talented actress who went to Tish, who I knew through, a, who went to high school with a friend of mine at NYU, uh, named Isabella Pisacani, who played the young version of Matt Murdock's mother Come in Daredevil now. season three. So that's a little connection. Come on now, oh, yeah. Uh, shouts to her. There you go. I haven't talked to her in a minute. I did text her once about maybe coming on the show, and she did not. So Jake has been ghosted. Oh, well, in terms go. of asking people to be on shit, in terms yeah, of asking yeah. people to be on shit, I, I've been ghosted so many goddamn times. You don't understand. <laughs> I, I, this is my, you know, thing is Nancy Reagan really fucked up the role when she said just say no. Like that was a bad campaign. Oh, but my campaign now is if I invite you on something, just say no. My feelings won't be hurt. Just tell me no, because it's just like, because especially if I invite you on something two different times, then my dumbass has two different invites in our text. Back. Just say no the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't leave, don't leave me on scene. Don't leave me on scene. Like, that happens, but I, but I think, I think when you're moving around yes. in this space, like you, you got to get as many right. shots up as you can. Because you're gonna hit some of those, and the ones you hit yep. are gonna be, you know, game changing. 
But it's like you you still have to just kind of go into it. Don't be DJ Khaled jumping over the fence with it, but still get the shots up. You know what I mean? Like still just work yeah. up a good. Don't sweat. be don't be Jr. Smith where you think I mean, everything is a good look. We need we need we need efficiency. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Yeah, keep it reasonable. Keep it reasonable, but 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 still still get those shots off for sure. But you're gonna get That's left right. on scene sometimes. You get left on scene, you're gonna be like, hey. That's right. And Jake, just so you know, I, as the the pinch hitter extraordinaire that I am, I will never ghost you, buddy. I will never mm-hmm. ghost you. But. I appreciate that very much. This, I mean, this whole community is very non-ghosting. It's very important. Communication is key. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I need that because I, I don't give pretense is dumb. If someone texts you, respond. Whatever. <laughs> PSA. Pretty much. Uh, pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. She Hulk episode eight next week. Looking forward to it. Before we go though. There's a couple of news items that happened. A lot of Marvel news this week. Just a ton. Just kind of like dropped in. If you haven't heard, we talked about it on on Monday. The Deadpool 3, Hugh Jackman back in the fold as as a Wolverine. Actually, you know what? Mari and Dalbin, since you're both here, let's just get some quick thoughts. Mari, you were on our Logan pod way back when. Uh, when while the pandemic was going on, and we talked about Logan in depth and how that was the perfect end to that story, and while they both Hugh and Ryan explained that this is a little bit of a different version, um, there were some people who were not ha- who are not happy about that. I don't know. I I don't fall under that same class. Where do you fall? What did you think of this announcement? Listen, man. Some people you just can't please them. They're not going to be happy about anything. Don't even try. That's true. If you if you tell me that you're gonna bring Deadpool and Logan together in a movie, I don't care when it's set. Sign me up for it. Like I'm I'm all the way here for it because number one is is like Logan was a ma- to me that shit was a masterpiece. I love that movie. Like shout yo shout out to Hugh Jackman. Shout out to shout out to my man Boyd. Boyd is on my list. Boyd is on my list of if he's in it, I'll watch it. One million percent. Like I'm going to watch it. Uh, he was great in Sandman recently. He's like, killing he, it, man. He smoked it, smoking yes. everything. Um, there was another movie too with uh, what's my man with Ryan from The Office. He was he was in a movie with him. Dope. That movie fire was, was great too. Um, yeah, let that let that join. Issa was in it and all that too. So, like, yeah. As soon as I saw the trailer for it, I said, wait, hold. And then when they came back and explained it, I was happy about that too because I'm like. Finally, because I don't want to see so many dumb conversations happening over and over again. I'm glad they mm-hmm. said something about it, and it's like cool. Now, if you still want to be mad about it, then I know you just want to be mad. Period. But sign me up for it. I'm. We're going mm-hmm. day one. We'll, we will be there. Absolutely, Dalbin. How about you, sir? Listen. So Hugh Jackman's the real deal. Okay, greatest showman. Great, great. The, the the greatest showman. I thought he crushed it. Um, and I, and I, and you know what? I, I, I've always like thought of this, like, man, it'd be so great. There's certain actors from the X-Men movies that I would have loved for, for Feige and the MCU folks to get Hugh Jackman's one of them, man. Like Hugh Jackman. I'm like, all right, buddy, like, let's go. He's been my guy since the prestige. Like, you know how how Mario was saying, like, yo, we got some guys that, you know, no matter what, if they're in it, Hugh Jackman became one of those guys, um, after the prestige. Also Ryan Reynolds, man, Ryan Reynolds loves this character. You know, Ryan Reynolds is going to do it justice. And... You need somebody to bring all of that stuff from Fox in. You need somebody to bring all that stuff in. And that's Deadpool. Deadpool makes it easy. Deadpool makes it easy, right? Because I think Feige's kind of realizing, like, holy shit, I might have been off more than I could chew. So Deadpool makes it easy. But I'm excited, man. I, I, and, and I do think, I will say, 
rabbit hole, AC. He's wearing the black suit, the black Deadpool suit for a reason. I think it's more of an X-Force movie than it is a Deadpool 3 movie. But I'm, we could talk about that at another okay. time. But I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm. We, no, for sure. We most definitely can. I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, Wolverine will be donning a yellow suit of his own. Um, I, I hope that's the case. But yeah, very excited for that. But I would truly bet every dollar in my bank account that he is that is the easiest slam dunk to get points from x-men fans it is a layup it is gonna happen also they need to have a scene in there where he's looking at a picture and like he's like he's missing yes yeah oh my god they gotta do it yeah they they absolutely (laughs) i don't ask for much (laughs) they absolutely They got to do it for sure. And the second thing, well, this actually happened. Dalby mentioned it earlier. So Armor Wars was supposed to be a, a TV series. And we find out that it's transitioning into a film. Now, I'll give some quick thoughts off the top. I'll say that this is a good decision just based off of the type of story that Armor Wars can be. Not only from a comic book adaptation standpoint, but I think like some of the themes can really play out better on a feature film as opposed to a series. There's been a lot of discussions and we've talked about it on this show as far as the whole like, well, the the quote unquote six hour film thing hasn't really worked. And this might be a sign that Marvel kind of starting to realize, okay, let's kind of adjust to how this has gone so far with some of the Disney Plus shows being hit and miss. And maybe here we can really bring a story that's substantial and something that could hit home, especially if you're transitioning from Secret Invasion, probably a little bit of Ironheart too, into this. So that intrigues me. And obviously Don Cheadle, this is this is great for him because listen, he's been he's been working doing MCU stuff for a really long time. It's, it's nice that he gets his own movie. So, Jake, uh, what, what do you think about the transition here? I think it's a great decision. I joked in the Discord that this is the first time in the 21st century that a TV show became a movie and not vice versa. Uh, I think the big reason I would say is that, as I, I mentioned, talked about earlier with like character and plot and all that, that Armor War seems like a much... It, the point of it is the plot of it, you know? Like, obviously, there's going to be character development, but, like, it's characters we know... And I would just much rather like the the synopsis of what it is sounds much more like a movie than a TV show. So I'm happy they did it. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that, too. Uh, Dalbin, I, I know you, you you as a rabbit hole person. Armor Wars is there's a lot of intriguing stuff there. Give me give me some just like early thoughts of it being a film now. So I've thought Don Cheadle's War Machine has been a scroll this entire time. So so if you're going to go that route, you do that. <laughs> You do that in a two hour movie and end a movie like that, as opposed, I don't think you need a six hour show to do that. Um, so I, so I, I mean, and I honestly, you know, Don Cheadle to me is one of probably the more underrated actors of our time, man. Like he has so many classic roles, but I know Terrence Howard somewhere is kicking himself. Like, yo, fuck, I, I, I messed up the bag. Something, something serious Absolutely. here. Right. Yes. Um, but I, yes. I think a two hour mm. movie with Rhodey, I think you're going to see Riri Williams in it too. Um, I think, I think you're going to see Rhodey go after the Thunderbolts. I think that's, I think you're going to see that like, cause I, cause I think 
he's going to view the Thunderbolts as kind of tarnishing Tony's legacy. I think that's kind of how he's going to view it, right? Like the Avengers were heroes, they're not around anymore. Here's this group of six villains who are trying to fuck shit up. Um, but I think I think it could I think it very much could end being end up being a much more much more critical film to the grounded stuff that's happening. The, the, you know, the Captain America four, uh, the iron heart, black Panther, like the much more grounded earth based stuff. I think armor wars is going to be key to that. And it could be that you end up with Rhodey as a scroll or, you know what I'm saying? You start like that. You end Secret invo- Invasion with Rhodey as a scroll. And then Armor Wars is him building an armor and getting back, you know, to being War Machine or Iron Patriot. But I'm excited for it, man. Those spy movies, because you know it's going to be spy-like. Those spy movies always hit really well. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. And, and Mari, how about you? Uh, we getting a War Machine movie, which I, I got to admit, yeah. I'm surprised that we're, we're getting it. I thought that, like, they're going to go with this series and kind of go more smaller scale but the fact that it's big and it's it's interesting it's legitimately interesting tell me what you think yeah hell for sure and i think um it goes back to the conversation we had about uh falcon and the winter soldier should have been a movie and immortal should have been right so you know and and so i do think trial and error has showed them like okay as interesting as we think this is let's just go to safe route and make the movie because we can (laughs) you can sell me on a movie with that the season of it is going to be too much room for filler and like shit that doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Like shit that doesn't really stick. The movie is kind of they can get right to it. So I'm I'm hyped. I'm I'm gonna go say like, come on, Don Cheadle, another guy. Like it's if if he's in it, show commercial. I don't care what uh, YouTube ad, whatever it is. Like, I will watch it if he's in. It. I will watch it. <laughs> One million percent. I will watch it. You know what I'm saying? Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm. I'm hyped. Give me all of the content, all of the, all of the shit, man. All of the Marvel content. Like, bring it. All of it. I I, I love to hear that passion. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I just think... I love Dalbin's point about the Skrull stuff, the Secret Invasion stuff. As we're not too far away from that now, we get closer. Dalbin, you and I eventually, are, we're going to do our little Skrull list, who we think is a Skrull and who we think is not. So uh, stay tuned for that. But... Yeah, I'm excited to see what Rhodey's character looks like. And now that we know that he's in Secret Invasion in a substantial type of way, we could kind of see where this translates. I, the final thing. I do thing just want to say, new- sorry, what, what- I just, just for a little behind the scenes, I just got back from the restroom, but I had Bluetooth headphones because that's why I was listening. AC talking about the scroll list. You sound like Joe uh, Joe McCarthy on the steps of the Capitol. Here in my pocket, I have a list of all of the scrolls in our government. <laughs> like, you're really, this is a, like the fucking Patreon's gonna turn into hooah. How did that happen? Oh, well, you know, it, it, trust me, me and Dalby, when we get going, we're gonna get going. That rabbit hole will be explored for sure. But the, the final thing on the list of, of uh, Marvel news was that we heard that Blade is gonna... Production is getting pushed back to the beginning of next year. There are a lot of different rumors, but I think the main thing is that the director, Bassam Tariq, is leaving the project. He's still gonna be an EP. They're gonna search for a new director. And Jake, I'll start with you because this is kind of your field of stuff. Yeah. What do you yep. think about... Either a a potential director and b what this yeah. may signal for the project as the stuff with the script and you hear all first these and foremost, things. I just want to clarify something that while he might still be involved with the project, nine times out of ten when a director gets fired, 
sorry, leaves a project and is quote unquote still an EP, that is almost always a legal thing. That like Scott Derrickson, for example, was an EP on Dark Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You have to, it's like a thing if you, if, if the if the person doesn't go through with directing the movie, a lot of times you'll be contractually obligated that they are still a producer on it. So, for all intents and purposes, I think he's going to have nothing to do with the movie. Um, and I think what it means for the movie is that like they're not satisfied with what they have. And frankly, while I have not seen his previous film, um, and I'm sure he has a lot of promise as a director, I would be sweating this a lot more if it was a director who I was really excited about or who had a really clear vision. Like, I hate to say it, but I would much rather them push back production and fire the director if things aren't working than for them to make a bad movie. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just and I and I honestly think that I, I you see this the tea leaves. I feel like that Kevin Feige is looking for to work for people that he doesn't need to do as much with. Um, and so I hope they bring in someone good. The name I heard, which I think is the perfect answer, it's just a question of if she wants to do another superhero type action movie thing, is uh, Gina Prince-Bythewood. I think that she is like, that is a slam dunk in my opinion. Um, she has, obviously, she's a person of color, she's a black person, so it makes sense for Blade. Uh, she, I mean, I don't know if y'all, saw, I haven't seen The Woman King yet, I heard it's very good, but I, I saw The Old Guard and that action shit is like, She's someone who was actually inventing yeah. an action. It's not like previs bullshit. It's like real action. Um, and so that is what I would love to see. Obviously, I heard people throw out Spike Lee because he never got to make his Blade movie. Um, I would love if we could uh, invent reanimating technology. We should resurrect John Singleton because that would be fucking awesome. But um, yeah, GP, GP, mm-hmm. what is it? Gina Prince, GPB is who I'd go with. Gotcha. Um, all right, so Mari, like I guess more so than anything else, since you haven't talked to, on this show at all about Blade, what do you think of Mahershala Ali stepping into this role, and uh, what are you looking forward to that, juxtaposing it to what we saw with Wesley Snipes? I, I think it's going to be incredible with him because he's he's rapped before, he's played basketball, now he's playing Blade. Like He's he's checking some boxes right here, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm happy for this. Um, here's where it's like a gift and a curse to have a lot of information on social media about these movies and shit, because now that we know a yeah. lot about it, it's like, it's gonna, it's gonna cloud some judgment come time for the movie, period. Because now you know what's going on behind the scenes and you're gonna watch the movie and be like, oh, see if they would have. But mm-hmm. also, I think if we didn't have this information, a lot of people who may be like casuals, Maybe they wouldn't necessarily retain this information and just when it comes out, just kind of gloss over it. But now, like, it stays in the cycle and, like, people who actually care about it, we talking about it and, you know, it's getting... So when it comes out, people who may not have been interested at first are just like, yo, I'm just going to... It's Blade. It's a Blade movie. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Let, let me see what's up. So I, I just hope the they don't funny thing, it up. Oh, sorry. And the funny thing is, whenever there are production issues that are public and then the movie comes out and people blame those issues on the problem... <laughs> they almost always have nothing to do with it. Like when people were like blaming some of the problems with Doctor Strange on the reshoots, it was like, no, none of those scenes you're talking about were reshoots. Sorry. I don't know. Like, this is like, it just, you know, so it is always funny where it's like, they try to, people always try to connect the behind the scenes issue to whatever is on the screen. It's like, no, sometimes people just make bad decisions when making movies. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think the interesting thing that you mentioned there, Mari, is something that, uh, as m- the more that I've gotten into this space and learning more about what happens behind the scenes of these things is just like everything else that we partake in, whether it be, whether it comes to sports, culture, music, 
all of it, there's entirely too much information. We're not equipped for it. And that's really like the bottom line to this thing more so than anything else, because it, it certainly colors how we think of things overall. Now, necessarily, it, to me, as a person who enjoys this stuff, it doesn't really affect me per se, but I, but I find that in people's reactions to things, Jake mentions uh, Multiverse of Madness. I think Love and Thunder had a, there's a lot of the information that was known about that. I think it colored people's views on the movie too. So I think now that the MCU has kind of had the microscope on it for so long and it's the monolith, there is a heavier look at these things and maybe we should look at it a little bit less, but as pertains to social media or the internet, or information, we're at this point now where we're just downloading it to ourselves every single minute and such like that. But, uh, Dalbean, I wanted to get your your Blade thoughts before we wrap up. Uh, what do you think about, like, considering where we are now with this delay? It, I'm sure you probably don't mind the delay as long as you get the project right, but give me where you're at. With I Blade think I want Regina King to direct it. Let's start there. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's a, a nice That's why I want to direct Blade. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, if this like this kind of and this is going to sound terrible because I do think the movie's going to get made. And Jake is spot on whenever we hear about like all these like, oh, my God, you know, somebody threw a potato salad at at, at fucking Benedict Cumberbatch. That's really what ruined Doctor Strange. And it's like that had nothing to do with it. Right. Um, I the, the, Whenever <laughs> there's problems like this. I always think back to, you remember Gambit, right? Like Shannon Tatum was attached and like they had a director and then it kept falling apart. Then Shannon Tatum went off to do Magic Mike, Triple XL, whatever the hell the third one was. And then it was, he was going to come back and like all this shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the second one. That's the second one. Oh, there we go. Okay, right, right. So he went through the second one, you know, and and all that stuff. So whenever I hear stories like that, I'm like, shit, like, is is Mahershala going to end up leaving? Like, is he just going to be like, yo, fuck this shit. I'm not doing this. Because then Snyder from that other thing was like, oh, you know, he's a little pissed about what's going on. I think the movie's going to get made, and I think the movie's going to be really, really good. I think Regina King should direct it, and I think she's going to knock it out the park. I think that the Blade character, folks, to, 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 to Mari's point, Blade in and of itself is what jump-started this whole comic book thing, okay? So I think Kevin Feige is committed to getting it right, and I think they'll get it right. But it's just, Marvel's got a lot of, like, there's a lot going on with Marvel. One guy at the top, you're not paying your visual effects artists enough, right? You're not paying them at all. Like, they got to clean that up because what's going to start to happen is, like, you're going to start to see the product might start to suffer because you're not taking care of the infrastructure that got you here. But with Blade, I'm super excited. And, And honestly, Regina King... If it's not Regina King, I saw somebody say like uh, uh, F. Gary, you know, F. Gary was like, yo, they should do. He should be the one to direct it. I want Regina King to direct it. I will accept nothing else. (laughs) Also, F. Gary Gray, maybe F. Gary Gray. Yes. Years ago. But uh, his I mean, he's his track record these days. He didn't men in black international. I don't know if I want that energy with Blade. Oh man, but uh, yeah, that yeah, that pretty much does it. This is this has been a lot of fun. Interesting to see what comes down the pike. But we'll we'll be continuing with She Hulk. Uh, Werewolf by Night is right around the corner, so that's coming soon. Oh. And um, off. <laughs> and then and then off in the distance, off in the distance. Uh, Wakanda forever. Uh, we're getting close. It's uh, gonna be a lot. It's going to be a lot. We'll we'll definitely be there for it. Want to thank Dalbean 
for coming back to the show. Appreciate you, brother. As always, Dalbeen, where can we follow you and where can we find your work? You know, guys, I'm always happy to be back on with you guys. Hopefully we'll get to a Jet game this season uh, when they finally start winning because like that Joe Flacco shit is for the oh. birds, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> but Zach Wilson's back, so it's all right. Hope springs oh, eternal. Jesus. And Mari said that his Giants are going to make my guy Justin Fields look really good. So I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> so I'm really happy for that. You can you can count on that. That's it. You but you guys can follow shit. me on Twitter at DA underscore Osorio. Like AC said, I... I I've been writing a lot of the, like the football stuff for Murphy's Multiverse as we get that up off the ground. I'm doing a bunch of like the, the the novel reviews or whatever. Got a couple feature pitches, but I like to set them up like for like the early part of the year. I'm going to take my Twitter break. So if you follow me now, you'll get a good 30 days of like real good content from me before I take my, my holiday break. Um, but it's always good to be back with you guys. You know, I got nothing but love for y'all and uh, looking forward to being back. So you and I AC could go down these rabbit holes. Yes, sir. Absolutely looking forward to it. Mari, appreciate you for hopping on once again always, and uh, coming along with us on this She-Hulk run. Uh, let us know what you're doing, man, because you got a new show. You got you got yes, some sir. things popping, so hit us. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, you know, on Twitter, at Mariano2Ns2Os, two two uh, Instagram, at Mariano Bivens. And yeah, the new show that we're talking about, All for the Love, episode one is out right now. Uh, the full episode is out on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, episode two will be out October the 1st, Saturday. If I got the date right. Yeah, Saturday, October the 1st. Episode two will be out. Um, And then I, I think moving forward, I may stick with the Saturday release. I think I, I like it so far. I like, you know, I like the little feel of it. You know, um, a lot of people tapping in, supporting and, you know, getting some good feedback on that. So I'm excited. I'm just, I'm excited to be back outside again. You know what I mean? In podcast terms, not like really outside. Mm-hmm. It's not, no, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an endorsement. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm chilling. Yeah. Yeah, also, man. it's probably still muggy. And yeah, no, I, can't. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> absolutely feel you on you down that one. Appreciate you once again. Yes. Always, check out man, all always. the love. Jake Christie, tell us everything, not only where to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. And Jake, tell us not only where to follow you, but also you got some things going on. Yep. So hit us, let us know what's going on. So you can follow me at the J Christie and uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that um, Hurricane Ian basically devastated where I grew up, uh, this town called Pontagota, Florida. Also the area south of it, Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Naples, places that are really special to me. I mean, Pontagota is what I consider my hometown. I lived there when I was eight until, uh, sorry, nine until 18. Um, my friends are there. I went to school. Like it's just a very important place to me. Um, my parents still live in Florida and so are my brothers a little further away so they didn't get super devastated my parents they got a pretty bad damage to their house but basically uh i'm doing a at least 18 hour live stream on uh saturday starting at 9 a.m uh and i'm trying to raise money and not for a specific charity just because i want the money to go to like really small mutual aid type things so if, if you find a charity that's doing like diapers that's doing healthcare, this side or the other donate take a screenshot send it to me I'm, i want to raise like fucking ten thousand dollars i'm trying to get as many people on as i can because like i don't know not to give you too much of a downer but um you do feel kind of guilt when you leave a place you grew up especially when you leave it for a place that's considered like quote-unquote better and i i laugh along with florida jokes and i did when i went to nyu yada 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 but like these are great fucking people. In fact, they're honestly just like nicer and better people in a lot of ways than the people I fucking live with up here. And 
they don't deserve this. And obviously there's going to be issues like this going forward for the next century. Um, but I think that these people like it, the sad thing about hurricanes, cause I saw this, cause I moved down there a year after the town got destroyed by a hurricane. So I didn't see it get destroyed, but I moved into the aftermath. And what people don't realize is, man, it doesn't become normal for five, six, seven years afterwards. Man. There were tarps on buildings down the street until like 2007. And the hurricane I hit in 2004, like, these people really are going to need help, and I um, just want you to even even if you don't donate to this, I want you to keep thinking about places like this and places and other disasters where, like, the moment the images stop being shocking and they're not on the news anymore, people forget about it. But there's going to be people really struggling for a while, and so, like I said, find a charity that like is in your you know in your interest. If you want some suggestions, you can check my Twitter feed. I've been retweeting some stuff, and then just send me over the donation. Uh, you can send me like a suggestion for a topic. Uh, I'm going to be doing some giveaways. If you donate before the stream starts, you're entered in to win a shirt. I'm going to be giving out three. Um, I'm just going to try to make it a great fucking time. Uh, everyone on this podcast is invited to it. If you have any famous friends in your phone, text them. Uh, I say this to everyone uh, who's listening to. Um, I, I sure, I, I'll do it. I'm definitely going to get uh, left unread by uh, the star of FX's The Bear that hasn't responded to a text message of mine. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, just please, uh, you know, you don't have to tune in, just donate. I don't know. I, I thank you for letting me go on the spiel. Cause it's really been, um, it's been tough, honestly, uh, to see the streets I, you know, went to school on be fucking flooded by six feet of water. Um, and yeah, sending all my love to the nine, four, one and everywhere South, you know, Fort Myers fucking, and it, it's like, these are great places. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I hope everyone comes out. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so please donate what you can. Thank you for that, Jake. Appreciate it a lot. Make sure you donate. Make sure you tune into the live stream and check that out. Um, you can follow the show at MC University Pod, where we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash MC University Pod. So you'll be seeing stuff about the stream and about the about the uh, donations there as well. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, Anthony Canton underscore three. Appreciate everybody for supporting. Appreciate everybody for listening. This is a lot of fun. Looking forward to continuing, but also, yeah, keep those people in mind because it's it's a complete disaster. Uh, just as scary to watch um, from afar, and you know, at the same time, you think very fortunate because in a lot of instances, where you are in a lot of ways does matter, and you know, you can't climate change is a thing regardless of whoever tells you otherwise. So, I think it's a it's a lot to digest, but Jake. Uh, is, is doing something great, so let's try and support him on it. So, for Dalbino Osorio, Mariano Bivens, and Jake Christie, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>